Hello, <laughs> welcome to the Creation Theatre Podcast. Um, I feel like we've had a little hiatus on the podcast since Dracula, which now feels like a long time ago in creation years. Um, so I have to ease us in gently. I've cornered Lucy and Chrissy uh, from the creation team who have been hard at work in the last month or six weeks or so on plans for The Tempest. So it's a weird one. I'm going to try and pick their brains, even though because of the, you'll hear more, but because of the style of the show... We're not really allowed to talk about it. We're sworn by the director to not give anything away. So, uh, what I well, I was I was sort of going to start with that like it's game theatre. So it's this style that if you saw the Midsummer Night's Dream either last year or the year before, it's in that same style. Lucy, do you want to give us a bit of a dream summary? We're allowed to talk about the last one. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Your, just your dreams in general. Tell us. Definitely not do that. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, well, we, we're sort of calling it game theatre. I think it, there are several companies and different people around the country who are doing similar kind of work that's sort of putting theatre together with similar to escape rooms and drawing on sort of ga- the gaming industry, as in kind of video games and board games, and, and applying that to different ways that we can tell a story and that we can experience theatre. I think because it feels to me certainly like it's something that's really the last kind of five, six years that people are starting to really explore. I have a suspicion that a lot of the language we're using is being reinvented all over the country in slightly different ways. Um, So what we're calling game theatre, someone else might be calling an immersive, interactive experience, I don't know. Um, So we first came to it in 2016 when we uh, decided that for our 20th anniversary we wanted to revisit Midsummer Night's Dream and Zoe Seaton, who runs Big Telly, and is the only director who's ever directed Miss Summer Night's Dream for us, uh, felt, felt like the right person to do it. So, we, so I approached Zoe and said, will you come back and do Dream again? Thinking we would have uh, a dream like we'd had before. So which the, one, the last one she'd done for us was this big promenade performance in Headington Hill Park and had illusions in. And the audience moved around the scenes in a large group and everyone loved it. And Zoe sort of was very nice to me on the phone, just went, no, <laughs> we'll come back. I'm not doing that. That's boring. Um, why are you making theatre like that still? Um, in, a, in a much nicer way than that. Um, so what Zoe had been doing um, with Big Telly in Northern Ireland is really exploring this kind of format of where it's really all about an audience kind of discovering a story for themselves. So they have a lot of... Um, there's some problem solving in it some things that might feel more like solving a puzzle uh, it's a kind of a really key part of it is though you may have kind of bits of magic and bits of set and bits of sort of fantasy in it it's sort of rooted in the real world so you might go into a real cafe or you might go into a, a real shop and meet a character or find a you know, false package or wall in there like and something hidden in it and kind of all kinds of crazy things like that. So we, in typical creative type, thought, well, that sounds like far more creative uh, thing than we were dreaming up. Let's do that because we always go for the most creative uh, way to tell a story. Uh, so so the Midsummer Night's Dream that we did in 2016, 2017 was born um, and we were all absolutely hooked on it being the best way to tell a story that we'd ever done. <laughs> I didn't really explain how it worked there, did I? I just no, just how we ended up how here. How we got there. Yeah, but it's not... The funny thing is that, that it's it's so far away from a kind of, you know, um, Hamlet in the parks or even something like Brave New World in the Westgate, you know, that has a very clear structure of you sit here, the actors are over there, you know, those sound effects, 
It's the dog again, sorry. We're recording this in the office, so any weird noises you can attribute to the office dog. Um, but it's also not that far away. Like, it's weird. It still has actors, and it still has storytelling, and it still has all the kind of, like... still has a lighting designer and a sound designer and all the things that a show has. It's the, the thing you take away is basically the we-sit-here-you-sit-there form, basically, and that we all stay in the same place for the whole time, and that actually you're, you kind of move around... And yeah, so well, well, I was, I was, they keep popping differently into my head, but I was going to sort of, I know we can't talk specifically about the show, but I was going to talk about the principles of game theatre, because one of them is, that Zoe kind of imposes on us when we're making up the game, is that you can't be led. So, so, so often with, when we've done promenade shows in the past, and lots of promenade shows I've seen, you're either given a kind of an actor who's with you, or there's an actor who takes you from A to B. But one of the really kind of strong principles we had throughout Dream, which looks like it's following into this show, is that the audience have to feel like they're exploring it for themselves. So they've got, like, a challenge to get from here to there, or, like, they're not having their hands held, basically, which is sometimes why we sometimes describe it in our kind of marketing language as a treasure hunt, because it has that feeling of, like, you're not following the leader around. No, they have a very active role in it, yeah. much the same way as with um, Dream, for anybody who saw Dream, Puck, your, 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 your job was to find, discover Puck. Mm. So it's basically, you, you're, it's audience-led in the sense that you'll still happen upon characters and you'll still hear the stories and you'll still grab all the, your favourite bits of The Tempest if it's like like most of us, one of your favourite plays. Mm. So, But at the same time, you will be more in control of... Not everything, you're not in control of everything. <laughs> but you'll be more in control of, um, of both, I suppose, how you receive the story, the pace you receive the story, mm. and in some cases, maybe even the order you receive the story. Yeah. Which is really, it's bananas because at this stage, really, the work that is going into into putting the tempest together is kind of finding all the bits and pinning down who are the actors, briefing the artistic team, finding all the venues is probably going to be up to sort of a dozen different venues. Yeah. In the, completely in the knowledge that on the first day of rehearsals, all of that just gets thrown up in the air. And then we try and work out how it fits together and how it lands. So this feels like the really ordered bit where it's like, okay, well, they're happy to let us use this vehicle and that space. And those people say we can, can go in and out of that window, but we can't use that entry. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. kind of trying to pin everything down. But really so that we've got that kind of creativity within parameters so that we can kind of, we can go along somewhere and be like, what happens if you go through that gap in the hedge? Oh, we know that. It actually goes around to there and comes back to here. Yeah. Like, trying to sort of I've been quoting Lucy a lot this week because Lucy said something at the start of the week that I now use in just my everyday sentences with everybody I talk to about the Tempest, which is basically, if you were going to go with the easy option, it probably won't be the best show. Yeah. So we're learning that a lot in terms of logistics and structure and kind of the venues and negotiating paths and journeys for the audience and like it's crazy complex in a brilliant brilliant way but the result will be an incredibly exciting experience yeah, it just it's fries your brain like, <laughs> so you have to give up on it eventually and be like, you I think, think you've got this. It. there's a lot of it that you, you you independently think you've cracked it this this scene goes here this scene goes here <laughs> this is how we're producing this bit this is how we're using video content this is how we're using sound this is how we're doing that and then it's like trying to name a child actually when you're naming when you're in your own head you're thinking of the name of the child and you haven't talked to anyone else about it and then you realise that actually everyone has a stake in this and everyone's got different ideas and your idea actually probably not that good <laughs> so you can, you can sort of solve the puzzle on your own but it's probably not going to be that good 
So it's then negotiating between, you know, Zoe has so many amazing creative ideas, and then we have Giles, who's our production manager, who brings in the practicality of, there's no way you can fit 140 people in that tiny space, and, you know, like, all these kind of things that you're all separately solving, and the really exciting bit is when all the all the brains who are solving it in different ways and with different parameters and with different kind of agendas of what will make the show great, when you bring them together and you find the magic combination that meets all of those requirements, it's really exciting, but it's never what you thought it was going to be. <laughs> and at the moment, for. you know, every day, every meeting, every discussion, every WhatsApp, every email, you know, it's still many 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 iterations of where it's going before we're going to get to the final one and really they're like the holy grail of this kind of theater it's zoe's favorite term maximum crack like yeah. the, the irish yeah. version of crack <laughs> never know how to spell that um c-r-a-i-c thank you so much our cultural ambassador to my left. Um, yeah but that place. like that idea that okay well we'll take that idea but is that the most and, and it's such a fun, it's like, is it the most fun, the most interesting, the most exciting, you know, is it the most crack we can have with that group of people in this space yeah. with this character? And until you've really pushed to the limit where you're like, like I feel like my favourite of that from all the dreams from Oxford and London was the takeaway was Dosa Park in Fried Wide Square. So the audience were, the previous instruction, they come out of a building, they're given the instruction, so go in the take, go and ask for a takeaway for Park. They walk into this Indian restaurant, they ask for a they're given a bag, and inside the bag is a takeaway container with a walkie-talkie, and Puck is talking to them through the walkie-talkie inside the takeaway. And it's like, to me, that's the epitome of maximum crack, because it's like, who saw that coming? And actually, it's very simple to execute, as long as you've got like great buy-in from the venues and you've got actors who are up for like hiding around the corner on a walkie-talkie. Is actually, it's not, it doesn't have to be the technically most complicated thing, the most expensive thing, the most like whizzy thing. It just has to be like, what is happening? Yeah, and I think that the, the kind of the attitude or the motto for like the lead up to like, you know, creating the show will be the same expectation you have mm. on the audience who buy tickets, which is just go with it. Yeah. Just go with it. Because like if you go with it, something really magical will happen. Yeah. And something really special and a really special experience will happen. You gotta go with it. And but then everyone you... did. I think that was oh, really interesting. Agree, yeah. From Dream that like when we, we sort of it was slow to start selling because it wasn't what people expected a kind of, you know, here we're in the parks or we're in Blackwells or, you know, like we have done promenade around LMH. We have done sort of non-traditional shows, but actually we were really clear that we wanted to be kind of very open with people. You wouldn't, we didn't want you to expect that you were coming to a college garden with someone nice dream and then turn up and be on a street corner. So we were really clear about it, which means that initially we only really got the people to whom that idea appealed. And it was sort of gradually through word of mouth and through us kind of strong arming people and going, no, you will really, if you're calling to book something else, you will really like it. It's going to be so fun. And actually, because it's, because you're completely in control, mm. you don't have to, you know, make an owl sound in the woodland chorus or, you know, you can, you can totally opt in or you can totally opt out, but more people than not opted in. Even people who are like, oh, I hate audience interaction, I can't, you know, I can't bear it, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, it's not really audience interaction because they're not on a stage There's and you're only, not in the audience. Only like a handful of you in the group. And yeah, and you probably yeah, all know each really other. Intimate, and, yeah, experience as yeah. Well. 
because I was I was sort of yeah I think sometimes when we talk about this in the abstract I can kind of I can kind of picture you know my mum being like oh I wouldn't want to do that and my parents did it and they absolutely loved it mm-hmm. because it's because it doesn't force you to do anything sort of embarrassing you know often audience interactions like come up here and on the stage and you know the dame will take the mick out of you and it's like oh no that's going to be excruciating mm-hmm. so it's like it's not really that it's four people and you've all been bundled in the back of a van and you know <laughs> and in a lot of ways going to see a story like especially Shakespearean text where you think you know it really well mm. is like really warming and comforting and you see characters you know and scenes you love and lines mm. you hear lines that you've like you know lived with every time you read the book or whatever mm. experience that is you you still kind of are going to have surprises and be completely unexpected. Yeah. Like things are going to, you're, like, you know, plan for the unexpected. Well, and this is, like you In said earlier, it still has the on. elements. You know, one of the most amazing things about the dream was that we, back in the day with the Zoe shows, sort of, Zoe would always come with an illusionist. And recent creation shows haven't had that that element of kind of theatrical design in them. So the first dream, we suddenly... Um, turned up with an illusionist and it was like oh and we're going to make someone disappear and we're going to make someone appear which we hadn't done in a show you know that I can that I worked on so it adds in this element like although it is very stripped back and it's a small audience and and you know and it's and each scene is very small there are also these kind of big set pieces of like magic which is really exciting and fun as an audience member or maybe (laughs) not Oh man, good times. Um, and oh, the other thing I, I meant to make us talk about um, was that at the moment we are on the hunt. So, it's game theatre, we're really interested in, and we think it's a kind of, you know, not that we're going to chuck out every <laughs> every creation show. Um, you can also come to Blackwells this summer and see a, a more traditional version of Don Quixote, but that we might sort of that might be an avenue that opens up a lot more stories and a lot more spaces and to creation kind of going in and exploring. So we're, we're getting some trainees on board um, and we're looking for four interns um, who will kind of come in and just absorb... I feel like we were all game the theatre interns the first time round we did this show. Be skilled in the madness and leave qualified in madness. Yeah, basically. so that they can go and <laughs> spread the, the the joy of game theatre. The yeah, yeah. And learn a lot about the logistics, but also be quite immersed in the experience mm. and the production and the creativeness of it. I think it's going to be really great. So if there are any people out there who are yes, if you know uh, anybody who's yeah. got it's it's the length of the run basically. So it's sort of five weeks over the summer. And it's paid, like the main thing oh, is yes. like it's it's a paid opportunity. Uh, we have funding for it, but it's it's for we want to increase access to people who can work you know, viable jobs in the arts. So we're looking for people who haven't uh, got a university education or haven't been to drama school and want to break into the industry. Yeah, so you can get something really, path. really strong in your CV. But also, probably, you'll come and you'll sail through it, and then we'll be going, oh, well, on the next show, can you come back and can you do this? And Zoe will be going, well, can you come to Northern Ireland and can you do this? And so we're very much seeing it as something that we hope is opening some doors. Um, if it's something you enjoy or just gaining like a great summer experience with some really fun people. 
Yeah, and there's loads of people. I know we're still like, I was joking to Chrissy before we pressed record, that I was like, and you can talk about the casting, because the casting's still like up in the air. <laughs> but it's a really big team. Partly so because... the people who are listening to this who have already been cast, you're still cast. <laughs> Just the characters. Oh, it's very... Yeah. It's all... <laughs> it's all interns. Uh, no. <laughs> but yeah, it does actually have a kind of a really big team. And there are some like creation faces you'll recognise, and some new faces, yeah. and people who've been in this kind of show before for creation, or other shows for creation. So it's like it's 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 at the exciting stage where we're kind of pulling together all the people who can kind of be involved. And if you're in listening to this as an actor who currently has an offer out, you're not accepted yet. Please accept. Hurry up. <laughs> we really, really call want your you. agent. We really, really want you. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny old time um, in the planning. I um, quite like for for audiences to wander through the world that's been created and not know who's an actor. Yeah, I mean they will, they will. But well, no, know, there people, people that, that. you be suspicious of, and yeah. some people you'll naturally think. And that's the great thing about being immersed in such a real-world situation is that kind of everybody, unbeknownst to themselves, are all playing a part in the show. Yeah, people said that people in Dream, that, like, not that. just sort of, like, you wouldn't think sort of, you know, someone walking to the train station, but if you, like, some, you know, if you saw someone in, like, a particularly extravagant hat, you're sort of just drawing everybody who looks a little bit kind of not mainstream into the world of the show. Because it's like, Oxford. oh, this, that's just Oxford. I said, welcome to Oxford. Because, yeah, that's what this is like. Um, okay, cool. Well, it's last thing on Friday, so I was going to say let you guys get back to work, but probably get back to tidying desks and <laughs> washing up cups. Um, all right, and um, I'm trying to think about what the next podcast is, but maybe the next one I'm recording might be different to the next one that's released. Uh, so watch this space, uh, and um, we will catch up soon. Thank you for listening to the Creation Theatre podcast. You can find more episodes and all the latest creation news at creationtheatre.co.uk. Thank you.